Peace. In Parshas Vaira, on page Zion, Vaidabr Elokim El Moshe, Vayomer Elav Aniyasha. All right, everyone got it? All right, so let's get, for those who are new, let's get our head into the into the game a little bit. To learn how to think a little bit like Rapersh Melech, Ritzi Melech Shapira. Let's again, Aleinu. So I ask a question on this Pasuk. Let's just review. So the end of Parsha Shmos, what was happening? Moshe Rabbeinu came to Paro. He's trying to negotiate for Klal Yisrael. No? And what's happening? What happens? Everything's getting worse. He's not having any luck. No success. Every, every move he makes, it seems the situation gets worse and worse. So he says to Hashem at the end of Parsha Shmos, you know, God, like, what's the plan here? You send me to save the Jews and it's only, it's only getting worse. There's no supplies. The taskmasters are still having the same demands and the situation's just deteriorating. How does Hashem begin? Hashem says to Moshe, listen, Moshe. So first of all, tell me, what's the Pasha Pshat? What's happening in this Pasha? Hashem, Elohim spoke to Moshe, and he said to him, Ani Hashem. No, how would you... Okay, he's introducing himself in a new way. What is what is the name Hashem mean? Yud Kevavke. It's a name of compassion, right? It's a name of Hayahovaviya, a past, present, and future. In other words, Moshe, you think you understand what's going on here? You have like this tiny little sliver of reality. You don't you don't know how anything works. You're coming with all your complaints. Right? Oh, it's getting so much worse. Zoom out a little bit. Vayomer Elava Ani Hashem. I, haya, I was, hova, I am, yiya, I'll be. Moshe, you, it's a very important musr in life. Chavetz Chaim has a famous vart. Chavetz Chaim says, imagine a guy walks into shul, you walk into a shul, and you see the guy by giving out aliyahs. I'm a Shabbos. And you, you don't like it. You're like, what, what, why does this guy get an aliyah? Why not that guy? Why this guy? Why not that guy? The guy says to him, what are you, who are you just walked in. You like this is your first time davening in the shul. You weren't here last week. You're not going to be here next week. You don't know who has a simcha. You don't know who has a yartzai. You don't know. You don't know anything. All right. So you come into the shul like you jump in in this little, you know, one little moment in time, and you think you understand like what the calculation is. The Chavetz Chaim says Hashem, Hashem has the big picture. Hashem knows who needs what and, and needs it when. So Hashem says to Moshe, Vayidabri lokimo Moshe, Vayom I love any Hashem. Moshe, let me just remind you who I am. Okay? But what should bother us in the Pasuk is that it switches from Elokim to Hashem. That's one change in the Pasuk. Why doesn't it say Vayidabri Hashem el Moshe, Vayom I love any Hashem? Why not just Vayom I love, or Vayom I love Moshe, any Hashem? And what else switches in the Pasuk? What else is going to bother our Rebbe in this Pasuk? What is this? What, what's the other switch in the Pasuk? Vayedaber to Vayomer. What's the difference between Vayedaber? Vayedaber Elokim al Moshe. Elokim spoke to Moshe. Vayomer, and he said, Ani Hashem. What's Elokim? What's Hashem? What's Dibur? And what's Amira? Those are going to be your two basic questions. Yeah. You have a thought? Yeah. Right. In general, we know from, from the Gemara that Dibur, Dibur is Lashon Kasha. Strong, strong speech. Amira is lashon raka. Amira is gentle, gentle speech. Okay, so look how our Rebbe is going to put it all together. Let's look inside. lashon oz. Hashem begins hischil. He begins with dibor, which is strong language. Uveshem elokim. He begins with the name elokim, which again, hamoradin. That's God's name of judgment. Visiem ba'amira, and then Hashem switches to Amira, Lashon Raka, gentle speech, Uvehavaya Hamore Rachamim, and the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, which is what? Which is compassion. Vidivre Chachamim Yaduim, the words of our sages are well known. Kedarbanos Ukamas Meirim. We know that our sages' words are like Darbanos Umas Meirim. What does that mean? He's paraphrasing actually a Pasuk in Koheles. And a medrash that says that the words of the sages can be expounded in many different ways. A darban is actually a, a cattle pronger. A masmer is a nail. 
In other words, the Chachamim will, will kind of poke us in the right direction. Again, he's, he's doing Maramis to a couple of different things, but he's saying, But I, I still, I'm not, there's different opinions out there. You can go read Rashi, you can go read the Ramban, you can read the Swarno, you can read whoever you want. You can read Chazal, you can read the Medrash, right? And Chazal are, are informing us of the various interpretations to crack a hole, so to speak, in this puzzle. But I want to say something else, says Harabi. Okay? He says, I want to say something else. I want to offer an explanation, he says, based on the Alshech HaKadosh. Who is the Alshech HaKadosh? Rav Moshe Alshech. Rav Moshe Alshech. goes back about 500 years. One of the few tzaddikim we call HaKadosh. Who else do we call HaKadosh? The Shla HaKadosh. The Ari HaKadosh. Yeah, who else? Who else in Chumash do we call HaKadosh? I mean, they're all Hakadosh. Rashi is also Hakadosh. But who do we call Hakadosh? The Orachayim Hakadosh. Right? So in Tzadikim, we're called Hakadosh for whatever reasons. The Alshech is always called the Alshech Hakadosh, the Holy Alshech. So Moshe Alshech, from the Tzvat in its glorious, most glorious years, the Alshech Hakadosh explains on the Pasuk, Vayinochim Hashem Al Vechulu. Okay, so you got to sometimes look up a Pasuk to know the context. Vayinachim Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Vayinachim Hashem Sounds familiar? Where is this leaning from? Fast days. What's happening over there? Moshe is pleading with Hashem after Chet HaEgel forgive the Jewish people and Hashem seems to agree. He seems to acquiesce. He decides to spare the Jewish people. Moshe is ready to... Moshe says if this ship's going down I'm going down with it. Fights for Klal Yisrael and Hashem has a, a change of heart. So listen to what the Al Sheikh says. Da kavana ki kain derech av harachaman. Shigidlo racham of albino hagam shechata. The way of a merciful father, and Hashem is a merciful father to us, is that what? Shigidlo racham of albino, he increases his compassion on his child, even though the child has sinned. What's the, pro- what's the challenge that any parent or any Revi or any person who's trying to help someone else to continue to grow? What's the challenge that they face when the, the student or the child or the whatever, whoever it is, whoever I'm working with, whoever one is working with, right, when they do something, when there's a misstep and they do something wrong. So, so the parent right, or the Revi or the person who's trying to guide has the following quandary. On the one hand, the person needs to be punished. The person needs to be reprimanded. At the same time, I love the person, and I don't want them to think that I'm punishing them because I don't like them. I want them to learn a lesson. So a loving parent right, who has mercy on a child, even though the child has, has sinned, has to figure out, so what's the right way to properly reprimand my child? Says the Agri Dekala, it's not possible for the parent to say, whatever, it's not a big deal. I can't let the kid do whatever he wants. Hashem says, I can't let you just continue to sin because that's not good. That's not a good trajectory. We have to, we have to talk about it at least. And there's also, there's an opposition. There's a, there's a kitrug. What's a kitrug? There's an accusation from Midas Hadin. In other words, Hashem, you claim to be a God of justice. So, okay, so you got to hold people accountable. You're telling me, well, the Jewish, the Jewish people are my children, and therefore they can do whatever they want? That's not how it works. So on the one hand, the parent has to reprimand. So one technique that Hashem sometimes uses, or a parent might use, or anyone might use, is that they proceed with what? With very strong language. A very fierce response, an a- almost an angry, even though anger is, the Rambam says we never use anger, but we could almost fake, we could fake an anger, right? Here's, this is what's going to happen to you because of what you did. Do you realize what you did? Do you understand the severity of what you did? Here's, here's going to be the consequence. And the haben and the child, when the child hears that the parent is serious, come marid. The child stands there trembling, right? I'm so upset that I did this, now I'm going to get punished. 
But sometimes what happens when the parent says to the child, do you realize what you did? And do you realize what the consequence is going to be now? Sometimes what? No, finish the sentence. Sometimes what? That's enough for the kid to get the message. You could tell when the kid gets the message. I was talking to a, a principal of a local high school the other day. And she said to me, she said to me that she's struggling with a, a particular student who's been breaking certain rules in school. And she said the problem is, you know, for some kids in the school, right, so when you tell them they're going to, I don't know, you're going to lose points on your final grade. So the kid's like, like you know, I work too hard throughout the course of the semester. I don't want to lose points on my final grade. This kid doesn't care. The kid's like, I don't care. So take off points. In other words, they're not getting it. Right? This kid's been called to the principal's office. The kid's like, I don't really care. Like my parents, my parents don't care if I fail the class anyway. So, so like, what do you do in that situation? Right? It's the the person's not getting the message. The principal doesn't want to punish. The principal wants the student to understand that there's accountability for one's actions. So sometimes the parent is able to express himself or herself in a strong way, and you could see right away the child got the message. Uveros ha'av ra'odas ha'ben. So when the parent sees the trepidation of the child, then the parent says, that's it, forget it. I don't need to punish you at this point. I can see, I can see you understand what you did. And I know, I can tell from just looking you in the eye, I can see that you're serious about not doing that mistake again, of not going down that path. V'zehu, so says the Arshech, listen, beautiful. V'yinochem Hashem al asher diber v'chulu. Hashem, what? Was appeased from the ra, from the evil, from the bad. Asher diber, the end of the Pasuk is la'asos la'amo. What Hashem said he was going to do, Hashem said, I can see Klai Yisrael get it, I don't have to punish them. We spoke about it. If they didn't get it, if you don't get the message, then Hashem has to send a stronger message. That's the harsh reality. However, I remember after 9-11, I was in Wayu at the time, when 9-11 happened. I was a student in Wayu. I remember when it happened. It was, I remember after it happened, Rabbi Avram Shur, Shlita, gave a drasha. I wasn't there, but it's written up. And one of the things that he quoted in the drasha, I've told this to some of you before, is that there's a, there's a Pasuk in Tehillim. And Gemara and Masech Shabbos discusses. Pasuk says, Mishamayim, from the heavens, Hishmata Din. From the heavens you heard a judgment. Eretz Yara, the earth was afraid, trembled. Vishakta, Sheket, and it was calm. So the Gemara says, oh, Yara Vishakta, you heard a din in the heavens, you heard a Midas Adin, and it was, it was, they were afraid and they were quiet. Fear and quiet don't usually go together. Shakta is like calm. It was chaos and it was calm at the same time. What does that mean? I'm sure was, was, you know, using that Pasuk to describe the experience of planes crashing into buildings. Thousands of people killed. So he said a word from the Yir HaKadosh, the Holy Jew from Prashescha, the Yir HaKadosh. The Yir HaKadosh said, When we hear Midas Adin from Shemayim, when Hashem sends a message from above, Eretz right? Yara, if we, if the earth below, if we get the message and we respond and we tremble a little bit, then shakta. Then it can be calm afterwards. Because Hashem looks at us and Hashem says, you got the message. You internalize the message. What happens if we, if we like blow it off? We're like, whatever, things happen. What happens if we're not self-reflective? What if we're not makabal the musr? So then what happens? So then Hashem says, okay, so I'll have to, I'll have to shake you up a little bit more even to wake you up from your, from your, you know, from your apathy. So that's the Vard here. So, so read it back. Tell me what the Rebbe's going to say. Tell me what he's going to say on the Pasuk. Elokim al Moshe. What does that mean? Hashem, not Hashem, Elokim. Elokim is Midas Adin. Dibur, we said, means what type of language? Strong. Elokim al Moshe. Elokim said, strong, Moshe, you challenge my authority. That's what Hashem says to Moshe. You challenge my authority? And Moshe's like, you know what? I realize I messed up. I spoke, I spoke out of line. I, I, sa- I said too much. Holy brother, welcome. Welcome back. 
I spoke, I spoke out of line. Right? Moshe realizes, I just challenged God, creator of the world. But when Moshe gets the message, so what's the next part of the Pasuk? So now Hashem shifts to what? Vayomer love. Now, now Hashem speaks gently. Ani Hashem. Compassion. It's okay. Children make mistakes. Even Moshe Rabbeinu's make mistakes. It's a Gaval de Kvar. So let's look at the words inside. Inyan Hanachama. Again, this is still the Alshik's explanation of what happened after Chet Ha'egel. The Inyan of Nechama. The reason that Hashem could be appeased, right, and that Hashem doesn't actually destroy us after the Chet Ha'egel, after that Avera, is because what? Is because of the Ra Asher Diber. Hashem says, I spoke harshly, I told you what's going to happen to you, and I saw that B'nai Yisrael internalized it. I saw Moshe took me seriously. Moshe went to war to save Klal Yisrael, help them to get the message. By speaking, Bahaflagarabah means in a very exaggerated, you know, in a very uh, exaggerated fashion. By speaking in a very intense way. Hashem wanted to see, does it register? Do Klal Yisrael respond? And when we got the message, then we're able to what? To not be punished. We can say the same word here. Dine Moshe Adonenu. Moshe, our great Rebbe, when he said, why were you so bad to the Jews? He said that to Hashem. So Midas Hadin said, right, the Yitzhahara, so to speak, the Sitra Acha, yeah, whatever, whatever Kitrug, whatever opposition there is against the Jewish people, spoke up, right, and said, you're going to let Moshe get away with that? God, you're going to let Moshe talk to you like that? Kamosha Amru Chazal, Right? So what did Hashem do? What did Hashem do? Hashem spoke back to Moshe in a harsh way. He spoke back to Moshe. Harsh language. Strong words. But by doing that, he appeased, he calmed down the Midas Adin, and the opposition. And then he could turn to Moshe compassionately Vayomer a love, Vayomer, Amira, gentle speech, Lashon Raka, Ani Hashem Berachamim. It's an important thing, however. It's important to realize that Hashem never wants to punish us. Hashem, as a parent, as a Rebbe, as our as our mentor, as our teacher, Hashem has to has to sometimes, you know, whip us into shape. But the more the more we behave, the more we show that we get it. Hashem, I don't need I don't need you to say it twice. I don't even need you to act on it. I just need you to point out where I can improve, and 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 I'm self-reflective. I'm honest. I'm, I'm willing to to make those changes, to make those improvements. Yeah. Moshe was he realized because Hashem was talking to him, like the language he used. So for like us, is it a sign, something like we stumble upon? What is, it's a good question. Like, In other words, what does it mean to hear Hashem? Right. What does it mean? Again, Rav Avram Shor was saying in the context of 9/11 that when when things happen in the world. Uh, we have to we have to ask ourselves what's happening in the world. We have to ask why this why we was why did this why did Hashem allow this to happen to us? The Rambam says it's cruel for a person to look at things that happen in the world and say things happen. That's a cruel way. The Rambam at the beginning of Hilchos Tanios, it's harsh. It's it's cruel for a person to not respond and say I need to I need to take stock of what's happening. The world is not Hefker. The world is not run by Hamas or some other militant terrorists. The world is run by Hashem. But if we lost Hashem's protection in a moment, and again, I'm not, you know, again, it's hard to strike, to figure out the balance between which, what's Hashem and what's human choice. But when things happen, we have to reflect. We have to, we have to ask ourselves, why are things happening? And we don't always have the answer to that, but at least I'm listening, right? When Hashem is screaming, am I, am I responding? Or am I just moving on with my life as if nothing's happening here? That's I think that's the bar. When Moshe apparently was clear from I guess Moshe's body language that he got the message, so then my Yom love and Hashem, Hashem says, okay, we don't need to even act on this. I don't need to tell you more about this. You got the message. Yeah. So then, so you say that everything happens for a reason. It just we don't always know. For sure. No. Then if we don't, what other what other option do I have? If we don't know, then there's going to be more. No, so our job is not necessarily to figure out exactly what Hashem is saying. 
Because, again, I, I don't, we don't know. And it's very dangerous to say, oh, this happened because of this. Right? You, know why, you know why October 7th happened? Because of this. You have to be a prophet to say that. Anyone less than a Navi can't say that. But we can all, in our own way, think about ways that we need to, you know, to improve ourselves, to strengthen Klai Yisrael, to spread Torah in the world, to be, I don't know, better Jews. Again, it's not comfortable to think about that. It's not comfortable to think that there was some failure on our part that leads to, again, you have to think about these things, Bidarach Teva also, right? What was, the, what was the intelligence failure, the security failures? Okay, think about that in an in a Olam Haza way also. But we have to ask ourselves, why do, why, do these things, why do these things happen? How is this allowed to happen in the world? We have to think about that in a real way. Okay? All right, let's turn the page. Let's do one more. Let's do another good one. This is a really good one. Page Ches, the bottom right-hand corner. All right, so now Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, we need to, we need to move Kali Yisrael forward. The bottom right-hand paragraph. L'chein amor l'vnei Yisrael ani Hashem. Go tell b'nei Yisrael, I am Hashem. V'otseisi eschem mitachas sivlos mitzrayim. V'otseisi eschem, and I want to take you out. I'm planning to take you out. I will take you out. Mitachas sivlos mitzrayim. From beneath the burdens of Egypt. Go tell the Jews salvation is coming. All right, it's about to start. And last week's parsha, we had seven makos. It got started in a serious way. Okay, this Shabbos will finish up the last three makos. Yeah. What pasuk is it? It's paragvav pasukvav. Okay, that's where it is. Okay, now you'll notice. Look at the word sivlos. You see how it's spelled? It's spelled without a vav. How would you spell sivlos? I would normally spell it samach, bet, lamed, vav, tough. All right, sivlos. Sivlos. But here, there's no, there's no vav after the lamed and the tough. However, he says in the third line, ulahalan, and then one pasuk later, take off nemar, right afterwards it says, vilakachti aschem lilaam, I will take you to me as a people, as a nation, and you'll come to know that I am Hashem, your God. The God who took you out from beneath the burdens of, of Egypt, of Mitzrayim. Look at that word, Sivlos. What do you see? The Vav's back. So our Rebbe, with his incredible eye, paying attention to every letter of Torah, says, why the first time is Sivlos written chaser, without a vav? And why the second time is it written male, full, with a vav? What else is different between the two psukim? What else changes? Just shows you, pay attention to one word, you have a totally different understanding of all. How is Hashem referred to the first time? L'chein amor Yisrael, go tell b'nei Yisrael, ani Hashem. What about in that second passing, in the third line? V'lekachti eschem lila'am, so, two questions. Right? Why is there no Vav the first time and it only says the name Hashem? And the second time, it's with a Vav and it says Hashem Elokeichem. You have to be a, a genius to figure this stuff out. So look what our Rebbe says. Okay? So that's the question one. Question one is, what's with the changing of the vavs? Question two, od yesh we need to further contemplate. Hischil, emor levnei Yisrael ani Hashem, say to b'nei Yisrael, I am Hashem, v'achar kach ne'amar v'yadatam ki ani Hashem elokeichem. And then it says Hashem elokeichem. So why, why the second name of God being introduced in the, in the second possible? So the Rebbe says, you gotta know what a vav is. What is the letter vav? I don't know. In Hasidus, in Pneumius Torah, in Kabbalah, in life, what does the letter Vav represent? Any thoughts on the letter Vav? Any encounters with the letter Vav? Connection, okay, Vav, right? Vav, Pasha Pshat, Vav is always and, connects, yeah, what else? Standing straight up, okay. The shape of the letter sometimes reveals something. Vav is Malchut? I don't think so. Yerachazer Lukutim Aran, the first Torah. Yerachazer Chen, the Chen, the Ches and the Nun. I think the Nun is Malchus, no? The Nun and the Taf. 
I don't know anything either. Although I learned a lot of Lukut Maran over the break, so I'm up to Torah Ches. There's no safer on the planet like Lukut Maran. It's so different. It's really Ritzah I owe you a lot of Lukut Maran. Okay, so says our Rebbe, I'll tell you what the letter Vav is about. He says, Ahulidati, am I in understanding? Here's the letter Vav, top of the left column. Os Havav, Hua Os Hamora Alachayim. The letter Vav is the letter of Chaim. It's a letter of life. Why is the letter Vav the letter of life? I'll tell you what else it says in the Zohar. It says that the letter Vav is a letter that's associated with Brismila. Letter Vav is the Os Bris Kodesh. The letter Vav is connected to, to the Bris. The truth is, if we look at our uh, Kabbalah chart over here for a second, bar it off the wall so you guys can actually see it. Okay, show me, show me how you, where are the four letters of Hashem's name in the ten spheres? How do you put together the four letters of Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke, four letters of God's name, how, how do they like fit into these ten emanations of Hashem? Vav is Yisod, no? Vav is Yisod. Okay. So the final Hay of Hashem's name is Malchus. Vav is Yisod, which is really what? The collection point that gathers all of these, all of these kochos. It's Tiferes and it's Yisod, but it's Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hod, Yisod. This is all the letter Vav. Bina is the first Hay, and Chachma is Yod. So it's Yod, Hay, Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey. Okay, so Yisod in some ways is is the letter Vav. Now, who's Yisod? Personality. Who's who's Yisod? Yosef Atzadik. Right. Chesed is Avraham. Yitzchak is Gvura. Yaakov is Tiferes. Moshe is Netzach. Aaron is Hod. Yosef is Yisod, and David is Malchus. Okay, so Yosef Yosef is Yisod. Yisod means foundation. So it's the foundation, it's the starting point, right? In some ways, it's the, it's the foundation. How does Yosef become a tzaddik? What made Yosef Yisod? How did he become a tzaddik? Right? Because of Kedusha Sabris, because of Shmira Sabris. Because he was being seduced by another man's wife, and he said no. And he became a tzaddik by guarding his bris milah, right? by making that difficult, that difficult choice when he was struggling with Aisha's Potiphar. So the letter Vav is the letter of, of bris. So why is the letter Vav the letter of Chaim? That's what Rebbe mean by that. What's the relationship between Bris and Chaim? What's the relation between Bris and Chaim? Obviously, to bring life to the world, right? You use your Bris Mila in the right way. First mitzvah in the Torah, Puravu. Now it's the Yisod. Yisod of the Torah. The first mitzvah in the Torah is what? Puravu, to bring children into the world. That's Yisod. Okay, so Yisod, the Ozevav, is the letter of Bris, but here he's saying he's calling it the letter of Chaim, it's the letter of life. The letter of Vav is the letter of life. Look at the proof that he brings. Vayosem Hashem lekayin Os. Hashem gave Kayin a sign. What happened with Kayin? Kayin killed Heaven. And then Kayin said, I know what's going to happen to me, because I took someone's life. My life is going to be taken. Kayin is afraid for his life. So Hashem says, I will guarantee, I will protect your life for a number of generations. And it says that Hashem gave Kayin a sign. Or what else does the word os mean? A letter. He gave him a letter. So it says in Chazal that the letter that Hashem gave Kayin, strange idea, Darshu, Chazal explained, Nasan lo ozavav. Hashem gave Kayin the letter vav. What does that mean? He gave him the letter Vav. He wore the letter Vav. He gave him like a little patch that said Vav on it. And he, right? Etched it onto his forehead. You find, you find strange descriptions of exactly what it means Hashem gave him, how Hashem gave him the letter Vav, but it meant that he gave him a protection for life. He guarded his life. Right? And then look what it says. Vayeshev be'eretz nod behosafas Vav. Cain settled in a place called Node. What's our Rebbe saying? What was Cain's punishment? He was told that he's going to be no venad. 
he's going to be wandering around. Nowhere to call home. All right? He's going to be a, a shtickle stranger. But then eventually, Kayin, who's not Vinad, Nundalid, he's wandering around, eventually is able to what? To get his life back. He gets protection from Hashem. And where does he settle? In a place called Node. Look at the word Node. What's the word Node? It's Nad, Nundalid. It's the punishment of Kayin wandering around. But now what? It has a Vav in the middle. In other words, his life was restored. He was given life. He was given stability. So now, have a look at this deep Torah. It's such an important Torah. What keeps you alive? What does it mean to be alive? Our connection to Hashem is life. Torah is our life. Hashem is our life. That, that's what life is. The chiyos of a Jew comes from the Shechina. He quotes from a Kabbalistic phrase, man dinafach mitocho nafach. One who is nafach. Nafach means to blow. One who blows, blows from within. In other words, when Hashem, He blew into us a spirit of life. So Hashem gives us life. He gave us life and He gives us life. Look at this line. It's so important. You should know that the Shechina gives you life even when you're in Golis. Jacob asked the question, what, how do I hear Hashem, right? Moshe, how do I get to hear Hashem? Where is Hashem talking to me? Where is Hashem in my life? And the answer is, Hashem gives us life, He sustains us. My connection to Hashem gives us life, even in Gaulus. I don't have a base of Mikdash, I don't have a Kohen Gadol, I don't get to see open miracles, and yet I have to believe that Hashem is with me in Gaulus, sustaining me in Gaulus. Vinei kol yemei meshech ha-Gaulus. And you should realize, though, that throughout the experience of Gaulus, and that's our Gaulus, especially in the root of Gaulus, the first exile, the first real exile as a people, Gaulus Mitzrayim, it was a Gaulus Hadas. What does Gaulus Hadas mean? We say that Egypt was an exile of the mind. What does that mean? Because our minds were so... Our minds were enslaved. Our minds were influenced. We couldn't, our brains could not imagine that Hashem was with us in Gaulus. We felt so alone in Gaulus. We felt so abandoned in Gaulus. But we have to know that what? That even when you find yourself in Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim doesn't have to be the geographical location called Egypt. It could be in Washington Heights. It could be anywhere in the world. It could be a state of mind. It could be a personal difficulty that a person is going through. A person has to know that Hashem is sustaining you even in your Gaulus, even in your Mitzrayim. And even though it's hard for your head to wrap your mind around that. If Hashem cares about me and loves me so much, so why am I suffering so much? Why am I going through this difficulty? So when a person is in that state of mind, you know what they don't want to hear? You know what it's hard for them to hear? Understandably so. Hashem is with you. How? What? Where? Prove it. When the Jews were in time, they were so beat up that if you say to them, by the way, you should know Hashem is with you, He's sustaining you. I don't want to be sustained. I'd rather be dead than suffering under my Egyptian taskmaster. Even if you were to say to them, you should know God is with you when you're suffering. Their brains weren't ready to process that. And I certainly don't have the headspace to focus on the fact that the Divine Presence is suffering in Gullus. I, I, uh, tell me that Hashem is in pain. I'm sorry that you're having a hard day, God. I'm also having a hard day. Right? I'm focused on my own Tsar. Because their flesh was aching. They had no headspace to talk about God with me, God. Divine suffering. I don't care about divine suffering right now. I just want to get out of its trial. He compares it, a very powerful mashal. Like a sick person. A person who's not well, who unfortunately, because they're not well, their mind is not able to think straight. He's not able to think about what's the real root of my illness. I just want to feel better. He has a terrible pain in his foot, right? 
So he comes to the doctor. He says, "Doc, I got you. Got to do something about my foot." The doctor, okay, slowly. Let's let's let's, let's see what's going on here. All right, doctor runs some tests, and he finds out that the pain in his foot is really caused because by a situation in his heart. He has a heart condition. It's manifesting as some type of pain in his foot, but something's going on in his brain. Something's going on in his heart. Something's going on in his lungs. Right? And he's like, Doc, I don't want to talk about my lungs. My lungs don't bother me. My foot's bothering me. And the doctor's like, you're missing the point. You're focusing, you're focusing on the source of your pain, uh, on, the, on the expression of your pain, but you're not getting to the root of the problem. So you want me to like, give, you know, give you a shot so that you don't feel the pain in your foot, right? But that's not the solution. But he can't focus. He's, my foot's killing me, Doc. You've got to help me with my foot. I can't walk, Doc. My foot. Doctor's like, I'm telling you, it's not about your foot. It's mu- there's a much more fundamental problem that we have to address here. So when the doctor comes to heal him, Doc, you got to do something. You got to bandage up my leg. You got to help my leg. If the doctor tries to explain to him, it's coming from your your main my I am from your from your from your intestines. It's coming from your heart. It's coming from your brain. He's like, "What are you talking about? My brain's fine. It's my foot. You're not understanding, doc." The doctor's like, "No, no, you're not understanding." If the doctor tries to explain it to him, he doesn't. He is so obsessed with his pain that he can't understand anything else. So, what does the doctor do? The doctor will do what the doctor needs to do. When the person is strengthened again, then what? Ah, then he can start to understand. Once the doctor has, has dealt with it in a real way, now he can start to understand what was really going on here. How his whole existence was weakened. It wasn't just his foot. And now he has the peace of mind to be able to understand how the doctor was dealing with a much bigger picture. And now he understands that the pain in his feet was all coming from what? From his heart and from his mind. That's where it was coming from. He has to focus on the, the essence, the, the problem. So now... Concludes our Rebbe. Let's understand what happened with Klal Yisrael. Let's understand our Pasuk. Why does it go from Sivlos without Avav to Sivlos with Avav? Why does it go from Ani Hashem to Ani Hashem Alokecha? Hinei hachiyos Yisrael begalos hamar ubeprat galos adas. The existence of a Jew in a bitter exile, especially a galos adas where we can't think straight of Mitzrayim. Hinei ozim yomru lahem. If Moshe comes to them and he says to them, you should know that the Shechina is with you in Golis. And your life is dependent on your relationship with God. And they're like, God, well, God, who God? Where God? What are you talking about? You have nothing other than God in your life. What are you talking about, Moshe Rabbeinu? They would say, what are you talking about? You're speaking a language that makes no sense to us. So Hashem says, listen, Let's start with what they can't understand. Go tell B'nai Yisrael that Ani Hashem, that I am a God who's compassionate and I'm here to save you, period. That's all they need to know. They don't want to understand what's happening in their suffering. We don't have the head to process any of that. Just get us out of here. So Moshe, go tell B'nai Yisrael, Ani Hashem, don't talk about Midas Hadin. Don't talk about finding God in the hard times. Not interested. They can't grasp that. He told them what they can't understand, which is what? I am here to save you and to get you out from what? Sivlos, without Avav, Mitzrayim. Why is it spelled without Avav? Why is it Chaser Vav? Because there's, they feel, well, you don't tell me you have life in Mitzrayim, right? We're just, it's plain old suffering. There's no vav. There's no life in Mitzrayim. Right? Don't tell me God's with me and there's something we can learn from this. I don't want to hear it. I just want to get out of here. 
So come, Moshe's first talk to them on a language they can understand. Ani Hashem, I'm here as a savior, and I'm here on behalf of Hashem to get you out of your suffering, where you feel like you have no life, meeting them where they are. However, what happens once they come out? What happens once they're healed a little bit? Once you become my people, and once now you trust Hashem, you trust the doctor, right? Then, now we could talk about that what? That Elokim, that sometimes what? Sometimes being with God means being with God in hard times, being in, in moments of judgment, being able to, to stick it out and to believe that Hashem is with you when it hurts. Once you become my people, then you'll understand in retrospect that when you were suffering, I was also with you. But you can't understand that until you have a spiritual maturity. Right now, I just want, I just want a good life. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about how my struggles make me better. I don't want to hear that. Probably so can't hear that. And there's many times in our life where we can't hear that. We can't hear that. We don't want to hear that. Right. It's very hard to talk about, you know. On the one hand, it's very easy to talk about. Wow, look how Klai Yisrael has, you know, responded so beautifully after the massacre of Simchas Torah. Yeah, but where, where was Hashem and Simchas Torah? No, you understand this is part of the... No one wants to hear that. It's too, it's too raw. It's too painful. Right? Eventually, when we feel that we've become Hashem's trusted people... And we feel that love. So then, Tavinu Lemafreya, then we can talk in the past. We can understand how, once we get to the other side, we can understand why this was a necessary process. That Hashem was with us, Gam Biosam Begolis, when we were still in Golis. And that's why it says, Vahayisi, right? Vahayisi. Okay, now we're Vahayisi, Havena Davar. Right? Vahayisi Lechem Lelokim. I was Elokim. Not I'll be Elokim. I was Elokim at the time, but I can't talk to you about that right now. You're not ready to hear that. You don't have the head to hear that. However, top of page tests. Then, once you get to a better headspace, then you'll understand that not only am I Hashem, God's name of kindness, but that sometimes, as God, I have to sometimes bring Midas Hadin to the world. But you should know I'm with you there as well. I want you to realize that there was a vav, there was a life that you had in Mitzrayim, that there was a purpose to that also. And understand that, understand that idea very, very well. Okay, last but not least, one final piece, small piece. Just this piece, Morasha. You see the piece? Two, two paragraphs down, Morasha. The word Morasha appears twice in the Torah. Where does it appear? Hashem is going to give us Eretz Yisrael, v'nasati osalachem, morasha. That's one place where we have morasha. And you know the other morasha. Torah tzivalanu Moshe, morasha, kilas Yaakov. One time it's talking about Eretz Yisrael, one time it's talking about Torah. Especially for the guys who just got back from Eretz Yisrael, we'll end with this piece. Morasha, says our Rebbe, train. Train means two times. Train is two. Two times. It appears here, Dain, this one, right here, this Pasuk, Paragvav Pasuches, V'idach, and elsewhere we find it at the end of the Torah, Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe Morasha. Chevra, what does Morasha mean? What's a Morasha? It's a Yerusha. An inheritance, maybe even more than that, it's a heritage, right? Inheritance is more of like an object. A heritage means it's part of our, it's part of our story. Torah Eretz Yisrael Yerushahem Lanu below Hefzik. Torah and Eretz Yisrael are the gifts that Hashem has left the Jewish people without any uncertainty. It's absolutely ours. It's uniquely ours. What's the halacha? The Gemara says you're not allowed to teach Torah to an angel. That's a big discussion exactly what that means. Torah Shemichsav, Torah Shvalpeh, what does it mean? Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach. But Torah is a very intimate relationship that we have with Hashem that's exclusive for us. Eretz Yisrael, let's not have any doubts about this. The first Rashi and Chomish, it belongs to the Jewish people. It was given to us. It's our Morasha. 
כשם שהגויים אי אפשר להם להזבונן בסודי התורה. And the same way that the nations of the world can never understand the secret of our relationship with a book, with the Torah, they can't understand the depth, the mystery of the Torah, how an extra letter Vav or an extra name of God or the word Dibor versus Amira, all these things we're talking about, this is, this is only a Jewish Hashemah can absorb these ideas and can discover these ideas and can appreciate the absolute reality of these ideas. Just like what? Just like Torah is uniquely ours, Cain ain't lahem, Nachas Meretz Yisrael, Ve'enam Mizbonin in Betova. As we learned some of us last year in the Ramban on Chumash, Ramban says, and we've seen it in the modern era, when the Jewish people have Eretz Yisrael, it flourishes. When it falls into the hands of others, it's a desolate wasteland. You can't grow anything there. We've seen it in the modern era, how a desert springs to life. The second Klaus will start to work the land. So, so too, the, the, the beauty of Eretz Yisrael, the joy of Eretz Yisrael, the goodness of Eretz Yisrael can only really be appreciated by us. It'll be, Shamama means what? Desolate. Desolate for our enemies. When our enemies dwell in the land, Eretz Yisrael is not the beautiful Eretz Yisrael that comes to life when Klai Yisrael are involved with it. The Torah only reveals its mystery, its secrets, its depth, to those who are mahul, to those who are circumcised, to Jewish people, to people of our of our people. There's a bris, there's a covenant that we have with the Torah. When we get a bris milah as little babies, we're sworn in to this secret society of people who are able to what? To access the wisdom of Hashem in print, Torah. We have this unique ability. It's hard to explain. Why can't someone else read the book and figure out how to read it? Make sense of it. No, it's something about this covenant, this bris that we have with Hashem, that allows us in some magical way to access the mysteries of the Torah, the secrets of the Torah. As I've explained elsewhere. So you should realize only two times the word Morasha appears in the Torah. Once in the context of Israel, once in the context of Torah. And that's why Yoshua made sure that the people were circumcised before they came to Eretz Yisrael. To understand, there's a bris. You can't erase your bris mila. Understand? Once you have a bris mila, you can't erase that. It's a permanent marking on our bodies that we're on Hashem's team. So the same thing is true about our relationship with Eretz Yisrael. It's an absolute reality. Our relationship with Torah is an absolute reality. And they have a connection to each other. Torah of Eretz Yisrael. Ein Torah Ketoras Eretz Yisrael. There's no Torah like the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. That the Torah comes from Tzion, from Eretz Yisrael. And that's why it's Morasha. And of course, he concludes, he says, and Morasha is spelled what? With a Vav in both places. Again, even though it's much more common for Hebrew words in the Torah, in Hebrew newspaper, everything's spelled with vavs. How do you spell the name Aharon? Aleph, hey, resh, nun. Aleph, hey, resh, nun. Never with a vav. Right? In, Hebrew, in a Hebrew newspaper, in modern, you know, Aleph, hey, resh, vav, nun. They, they throw vavs into everything. But the Torah is not so quick to spell things. How do you spell Kadosh? In the Torah, Kadosh is often spelled Kuf, Dalit, Shin, without a vav. We would never write that. If I was just writing the word Kadosh, I'd write Kuf Dalit Vav Shem. Right? So you got to pay attention. When the Torah spells something Malay full with a Vav, it's saying something. What it's saying here, we understand it now well. Both times, Morasha easily could have been spelled without a Vav, it's spelled with a Vav. Malay Vav. Why? Because Vav, we said, is the Oschayim. And there's nothing that gives life to a person like what? Like the life of a Jew in Eretz Yisrael. Like the life of a Jew who lives a life of Torah. Torah Itzchayimi, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz And to appreciate that in the deep way, the relationship between the two of them. The relationship between the two of them. Ein Torah, Ketoras, Eretz Yisrael. So for those who just got back from Eretz Yisrael, you should be zochet to go back to Eretz Yisrael soon. But if we don't have Eretz Yisrael, in the classic sense, we should at least have, have Torah in a real way. All right, so some very chashev ideas, guys. Very important ideas. Number one, how Hashem scared Moshe Rabbeinu and he got the message and that's why he was able to shift gears from Dibur to Amira.
Number two, that sometimes a person doesn't have the headspace to be able to understand that Hashem is with them when they're suffering. But hopefully once we get out of that suffering, we're able to look back and appreciate it. And number three, to appreciate the, uh, the awesome gift that Hashem gave us of Torah and Eretz Yisrael and how they both give us life, how they're connected to each other. And it's all part of the bris, the special, unique bond that we have with Hashem. All right. Thoughts, comments, questions, chidushim, gematrias, something? Yeah? second piece, you said that um, when we get out of the headspace, we can look back. But what about when we're in the bad headspace? Should focus be like, I guess, try to get out of it because you know again if we're, when we reach a high enough level we're able to appreciate how Hashem is with us and everything right? even in the times of unbelievable divine concealment we feel Hashem with us but most people and, and he's giving us space to feel that way that when we're going through the difficulty it's very hard to talk about Hashem's suffering tzaddikim feel Hashem's pain more than they feel their own pain that's tzaddikim I told you this too, when Rabbi Yisrael of Rizhin was in captivity, he was in jail. The Holy Rizhin was sitting in, in jail. So he set up shot of the Pasuk. Gam ki eilech begeit salmaves, lo yirara ki atayimadi. Right? From Mizmur Ladamid. Gam ki eilech begeit salmaves, lo yirara ki atayimadi. What's the Pasuk shot? Gam ki eilech, even though I'm going begeit salmaves, even though I find myself in the, the depths of hell, I'm not afraid. Why? Because you're with me. No matter how bad the situation is, David Melech, with his incredible Amun and Bitachon, says, Hashem, I don't feel that this is this is hell on earth because I know you're with me every step of my suffering. That's, a, that's already a very high level. That's already past Kali Yisrael and Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, I don't want to talk about God being with me in Mitzrayim. Just get me out of Mitzrayim. A higher level is gam ki gam even ki elach begets amavus lo iraraki atayimadi. But Rabbi Saul of Rishon, when he was sitting in jail, said an even deeper vart. Remember what he said? How do you read the pasuk? Gam ki elach begets amavus lo ira kama. Even though I find myself in captivity in a terrible situation, lo ira, I'm not afraid. Lo ira, not lo irara kama. Lo ira kama. Ra. But you know what's bad about this? Ra, you know the only part about sitting in jail that's bad for me? Ra, it's bad, ki atayimadi, because you're with me. Hashem, I feel bad that you're in jail with me. I feel bad for you, God. You don't deserve to be in jail. And I know you're with me. And you don't deserve to sit in jail. Not that he deserved to sit in jail either. Arrested for being a Jew. Right? But, but Hashem, you, you, how, can, who, how can you be suffering? Right? He was focused on Hashem suffering more than his own. Even though I'm in pain, low you, I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm not worried about me. Ra, it's bad for me. Ki atayimadi, I feel bad for you, Hashem. That's the madrega of tzaddikim, like the holy rishner. But again, as we as we become more mature Jews and understand how life goes, so hopefully we have greater amuna bitachon to, you know, to feel to feel to feel at the very least that my pain is not as bad as if I were totally on my own. Hashem is with me. But sometimes you can't, and that's okay. Sometimes you need to just get out of the just get out of the suffering. And then maybe if we're lucky enough, we're able to look back and see how somehow this was for the best. But that's a very high level. It's a very high level of moon and bitachon. Alright? Okay.